Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. He's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. All right, so I have insomnia, but I've never slept better. And what's changed? Just a pillow. It's had such a positive impact on my life. And, of course, I'm talking about my pillow. I fall asleep faster. I stay asleep longer. And now you can, too. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090. Use the promo code Hannity. And Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has the special four-pack. Now, you get 40% off two MyPillow premiums and two go-anywhere pillows. Now, MyPillow is made here in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com right now or call 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity, to get Mike Lindell's special four-pack offer. You get two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows for 40% off, and that means once those pillows arrive, you start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep healing and recuperative sleep that you've been craving and you certainly deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity. You will love this pillow. This is Jonathan Gillum. And I am here on the 241st year plus day anniversary of the United States of America. And yes, listen, Independence Day was yesterday, but we don't stop celebrating independence and freedom uh, and liberty and honor and our great constitution and the founding fathers and the Lord up above that gave us all this stuff. We don't stop celebrating that the day after, not if you're a patriot. You keep celebrating it all year long because that's what we live in. We live in a free country. Man, listen, it is great to be back here. I haven't hosted for a while. I sat in the studio a couple times uh, as a remote surrogate in case Sean, when he was on, on uh, assignment somewhere, in case the the, uh, the feed went down. 
but I haven't been on. I haven't been here. I haven't been talking to you. And uh, for those of you that don't remember who I am, that you may have forgotten me, I can't believe that you would forget me. I'm a former Navy SEAL, Federal Air Marshal, security contractor, and FBI special agent here in New York City on both the criminal and counterterrorism sides of the house. I've seen incredible men do incredible things. I've seen incredible women do incredible things in, in law enforcement and in the military. I've also seen incredible mistakes and failures by government officials that cost friends of mine their lives in war. I've seen incompetency at all levels in the FBI by bosses, administrators, and people that were political appointees. These political appointees, and I just want to point this out as we start the show because this is something that I, if you're driving down the road, you're coming back from the beach today, if you're in New Jersey and you're cursing Chris Christie because you had to go to an alternative beach while he sat and got some sun, although he says he didn't, we'll talk about that some more in a minute. If that's you and you're driving back, I want you to listen to this. If you're just pulling into your driveway and you are about to turn your car off, just stop for a minute. Look, this is the facts, folks. People like myself that have served, that have uh, supported and defended your Constitution, many have went to war, many haven't. I never served in a war zone. I was in Central South America my entire time as a SEAL. And then in the FBI here, I probably went through more doors as an FBI agent than I did as a SEAL, real-world doors, looking after, going after bad guys. But in all the places where I served... The biggest thing that I saw, and as I matured as an investigator and then got out and went into media, what I've seen is that subversion and our domestic enemy, which is communism, believe it or not, the Muslim Brotherhood and fundamental Islamic ideologies— that are spreading, that are intertwining and spreading across this country. That's our biggest problem. We've been in World War III, folks, for years. And you now I don't want you to think I'm Alex Jones type, that I'm going off and I'm saying all these things, and Megyn Kelly's going to come and interview me any second. Now, that ain't going to happen. All right? This is the facts. This is the reality. I've seen it. I've been there. I've seen the politics. And when I was in, I was blind to it. And those of you that are driving down the road right now that are in the government, and you're saying, oh, this guy's a little bit over the top. You just wait. Wait till you get out. And then when you take a step back and you see the reality of the big pictures, your jaw is going to hit the floor. Because the reality is this country has been subverted. The Democratic Party is a communist party. It is ran by people that hate this country. They hate the Constitution. And they don't hate... Uh, individuals like they make it sound like they do in fact the majority of the people that are at the top in politics partake in the very things in which they uh, put down on a daily basis they don't do anything to help the environment they fly around in their private jets they go around with their bodyguards they waste taxpayer monies and, and stuff their own pockets and that's just the democratic side if we look at the republican party and i've gone all over this country talking to different republican groups you want me to come speak to your group all you got to do is reach out to jonathantgilliam.com and i'll be glad to come out there because here's the reality i love speaking to republicans or conservatives free thinkers 
because the GOP establishment does not represent those people. And I love going out there and talking to them because they see it. They see it and they're angry and they know that something has to be done. The same characteristics that you see on the left are often uh, mimicked on the right. It's just that they don't say it outwardly as much as the left does. They stuff their pockets. They make deals. Um, let's take health care, for instance, where they just absolutely him and ha and complain over what Obama did with health care. And then they walk in. They don't have a plan. And when they do offer one, they give the excuse of let's just get this thing passed. It's better to just get it passed. Let's just get it passed without having anything that's effective. Now, I know many of you are sitting there now. There's probably some liberals listening to this. And you have to realize, being a free thinker has nothing to do with conservative or liberal. That's something that you've been sold. I've never told this analogy on this show before. But imagine, if you will, there's a tall room and it has a light bulb that's gone out at the very top. And yourself and I, we walk in there and we say, okay, we got to change this light bulb. I say, well, let's go get a tall ladder. And you say, no, let's go get a stick that has a suction cup on the end it's better we don't have to fall on the ladder i say no i think the ladder's better it's it's too much work to get that stick out and we go back and forth eventually we're going to decide one or the other way to do it because we're just looking for an effective result of a burnt out light bulb but what happens with the democratic and republican parties is that they then get into a big dispute full well knowing that all they have to do is pick one of those things and change the light bulb and they go they get into a full dispute they showboat they make deals with light bulb companies and stick companies and ladder companies and they go out there and they do whatever it takes to gain power and money and none of it has to do with changing the light bulb at all then when you add to that the democratic party which is entrenched with the communist ideology that's entrenched with fundamental islam that is in collusion with the mainstream media, that is a subversive ideology when you put all that stuff together, and they undermine every single thing that this president does or that the American people want. What they do then is they completely spin it up into a racial divide, a sexist divide, a gender divide, a glass ceiling divide. We have to have a woman on the ladder because... Uh, or a woman has to hold the stick because a woman needs to be in that position, when it has nothing to do with the fact that the stick is heavy and somebody with that's strong has to hold it, or somebody who's not afraid of heights needs to climb the ladder. They're not worried about that. They will use things like this to divide the country further and further, all for the purpose of subversion on the left, potentially some subversion uh, or some subversive groups that are intertwined with the Democrats that exist in the Republican Party. And all of them are getting rich off of it. Not one single thing that I have seen from Congress, from senators, from the Supreme Court, not one single thing from the majority of presidential candidates. I won't even say the president, people that were running for president. None of them brought any solutions to the table and how to change that light bulb and doing it effectively. So here's what the government ends up doing is they end up 
putting a special panel together. The, the Senate or the Congress, they have oversight committees. They publicize it on TV, and they make everybody think that this is, well, I have to watch this. This is huge. They caught somebody lying about the ladder and the light bulb and the no, 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 and all this different stuff. And then what do they do? They end up spending millions and millions of dollars to hire, I don't know, 10,000 contractors to come in and pick up the house while somebody holds the light bulb and they turn the house. That's how the government works. And when I look at people like James Comey, when I look at the senators, when they're questioning somebody that's a criminal like James Comey or Hillary Clinton, what I see is collusion there as well. I don't see answers. I don't see anybody suffering or getting penalized. And when it comes to the media, I'm just going to throw them in there. Media and comedians. That's, that was really the main thing that I wanted to talk about here, but I got on a roll. I don't know about you, but I'm sick of comedians saying that, oh, I can say that because I'm a comedian. Damon Wayans Jr., he goes on Twitter yesterday and says, happy white people proud of their racist ancestry day. What kind of nonsense is that? He then goes and says, well, that was a joke. That's why I said that. Kathy Griffin holds up a, a, a head uh, that is an, a, a, an effigy of the president's face like an ISIS fighter. She said she, she can do it because she's a comedian. Jim Carrey says that comedians, not military veterans, not people on the front line fighting, not police officers or firefighters, not doctors or, uh, or nurses. He says comedians are the last hope. Comedians are the ones that are going to save this country. Well, i tell you what. Not only to believe that's nonsense, but I believe you can also scoop in there people like Matthew Dowd, who says that uh, he talked to an unnamed SEAL then, uh, that said that all SEALs hate uh, President Trump. Well, that's not true. That's fake news. That's not real. I slammed him on Twitter. And then you got people like Jim Scudo, who has zero experience in anything besides graduating college. Yet people turn to that loudmouth on a daily basis to get some type of information that they deem is truth. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. We're going to put all this together along with the fact that North Korea is a problem. Communism is a problem. We're going to talk to Scott Eulinger, David Horowitz, Pat Buchanan, and you got to stay tuned because James O'Keefe is going to come on this show and talk about their newest video against CNN. That's going to be great. This is Jonathan T. Gilliam. You can find me on Twitter at jgilliam underscore seal and on Facebook, Jonathan T. Gilliam. From number one New York Times bestselling author and radio host Mark R. Levin comes an essential new book, Rediscovering Americanism and the Tyranny of Progressivism, a searing plea for a return to America's most sacred values. Mark R. Levin revisits the founders' warnings about the perils of overreach by the federal government and concludes that the men who created our country would be outraged and disappointed to see where we've ended up. Levin asks, how do we save our exceptional country? Because our values are 
in such a precarious state, he argues that a restoration to the essential truths on which our country was founded has never been more urgent, and understanding these principles can serve as the antidote to tyrannical regimes and governments. Rediscovering Americanism is not an exercise in nostalgia, but an appeal to his fellow citizens to reverse course for the sake of our children and our children's children. Rediscovering Americanism and the Tyranny of Progressivism by Mark R. Levin. Available now wherever books are sold. This is Jonathan Gillum. And listen, folks, I'm filling in for Sean Hannity, okay? I guess Lauren was getting calls from people saying, oh my gosh, is Sean not on the... Listen, Sean needs a vacation every now and then. The same thing with Linda. I mean, come on. So now it's Ethan, Lauren, and myself in the studio. Plus, there's like 50 other people in the back. They got a brain room here. They got uh, people, muscle people in the back. They got everything here. Now, listen. Sean is on vacation. He deserves it. He's out there relaxing with his family. I don't know what all he's doing. But uh, you got your Navy SEAL FBI agent in the house now. That's all you got to worry about today is that we're talking about independence the day after. You know, it's kind of like Christmas. You know, you have... You have Christmas, and everybody loves uh, Jesus on Christmas, and everybody loves each other, and they do all these good things. And then just a couple of days later, there's New Year's, and everybody gets drunk. People fight each other. They don't even know how to spell Jesus, let alone know who he is. And this is the, this is the same thing with Independence Day. Listen, we were having a conversation just a second ago off air, and we were talking about... Uh, the reality of liberals and Independence Day. Now, I'd love to get some liberals to call in 800-941-7326, 800-941-7326, also 800-941-SEAN, if you like to spell your numbers. Do liberals like Independence Day? Do they understand it, first of all? If now let's separate, and I made this mistake, uh, and I and I made some people angry that were uh, that tune into my show, The Experts, nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time every night. It's simulcast on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And there were some liberals, and I found out that they were a little upset because I was calling them leftists. Now, my friend Rick Unger, who we're on this show every Thursday together, is a, an amazing uh, free thinker. He just had, he grew up a hippie. He has a, a, a liberal ideology. We see things, you know, he's the guy that wants to take the light bulb down with a pole. I'm the latter guy. Um, uh, of course, Rick is so rich, he would hire somebody else to uh, do it for him is basically what would happen. But it, nonetheless, good guy, free thinker. I'm not putting Rick into this category because I do think Rick understands what Independence Day is all about. But I don't know if the leftists, if the communists, if the... Antifas, the BAMNs, the people like the uh, mayor of Berkeley who belongs to a terrorist group, uh, by all means necessary, that has a Facebook page that Facebook won't take down. You know, do these people love Independence Day? I don't know if they do. I don't know if they understand it. I don't know. Quite frankly, I don't really care. But I don't think that they would like it if they realized that what we fled is exactly what they're pushing on America, which is a tyrannical way of thinking. Look at CNN. CNN may or may not have broken laws outing, trying, threatening to out uh, the person who uh, created the meme that Donald Trump posted where he's body slamming, uh, I believe it was Jim McMahon, with a CNN uh, logo imposed over his face. 
By the way, the guy that created that meme, he's Mexican. Don't know if you knew that little tidbit of information. Kind of throws their uh, brown people uh, analogy of how, uh, uh, I can't remember who was saying that the other day from MSNBC, was saying that the reason Trump was elected was because white people are afraid of brown people. The nonsense is just getting so deep, and I use the word nonsense. Listen, we'll be right back. Jonathan T. Gilliam filling in for Sean Hannity. 800-941-7326. Call in. You can find me on Twitter. We'll be right back. We know you never want to miss the Sean Hannity Show. And now you never have to. Just sign up for Hannity Headlines. A bite-sized version of the show that you can take with you on your laptop, your mobile phone, everywhere you go. Even to your liberal in-laws place in Vermont. So, um... Yeah. And after a few hours of that, you'll be glad you brought Sean along. To sign up today for Hannity Headlines, go to Hannity.com. This is Jonathan Gillum filling in for Sean Hannity. Call-in number is 800-941-7326. My microphone's about to fall off here. (laughs) My hands are too strong. I'm grabbing stuff in here. Listen, I am from Arkansas. I grew up in the south, up in the hills of Arkansas. And I, I, I'm not as big as my buddy Ron Bellum, who uh, I think Ron grew up in Pennsylvania. He's another SEAL, Master Chief, graduate, uh, 20 years of service to this country as a, a Navy SEAL. The guy is amazing. He's a monster. But I've got some big paws. And when I'm in a room, I don't know about you all, but as I get older, it's like I just knock everything off the shelves, tapping on a phone with these big paws. It's, it's a hard, listen, let's go to Scott Eulinger. I can talk about this all day. I want to go to Scott Eulinger, my good buddy Scott. He is uh, a former CIA station chief. He knows a lot about subversion. He knows a ton about what's going on over in North Korea and the downfalls of the way we've handled a lot of this stuff. Scott, happy Independence Day in one day, and uh, God bless you. Thank you for your service. And uh, what do you think about this missile launch that uh, happened in North Korea? Wow, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot uh, for an intro there, John. But thanks for uh, inviting me on. Yeah, that's um, that was uh, certainly not a very nice surprise. Um, I know that uh, our intelligence services kind of had a hint that there was something going on. They did detect some um, fueling operations, mm-hmm. but um, from what I've read, this is a new type of missile, yet another new type of missile. Because I think the guys developed like three or four different types of new missiles in the last couple of years. So this. This is going to dominate the um, the G20 talks, which uh, President Trump will be attending in Hamburg uh, tomorrow, or the next day. So, okay, you're an operations guy, right? You're not a you're not a politician. These talks right. that they I didn't sit behind I didn't sit behind a computer. I was uh, out meeting missile scientists at midnight. That's right. Right. So, with that being said, um, these talks that the politicians go to, that our president's going to go to, sanctions. Things like that. I've heard that there's talks of upping sanctions with North Korea. I mean, the fact is, we could have, uh, 50 years ago, we could have pushed forward and stopped uh, the North Korean regime. What I, and this is the way I see it. In 1947, uh, the, uh, the Secretary of Defense was created, and what happened was the Department of Defense got politicized. And from that point forward, we've never fully successfully fought a war and 
what we're looking at now with North Korea is not just uh, North Korea of today and the fact that they're amping up stuff and that they're a rogue nation, but it's we're dealing with years, 50 years of failure when it came to dealing with North Korea. From an operational standpoint, what what can we do now? What can we do now? Right, that's the pro- that's the problem. There's not there's not that much in the playbook. Okay, you know, sanctions. Look, it's got to be. It is the diplomatic way, and it's going to take a while, but it does have to be pursued. You just got to do like you just got to do what you have to do. So we got to go with the sanctions. Sanctions were actually starting to bite North Korea about ten years ago, and then they were kind of um, eased off um, by the Obama administration. So just when they were really starting to sink in, much like our sanctions against Iran, then they were kind of let. That let allowed to lapse. And the problem now is that unlike 10 years ago, the North Koreans are going to be less susceptible to sanctions because economically they're farther, they're more developed than they were earlier. You can say what you want about the guy with the bad haircut who's in charge of North Korea right now, but actually he's been reforming his economy and making it more able to stand on its own without Chinese help. See, that's interesting. Because what then what you're seeing is somebody who is effectively circumventing sanctions or any other issues that we that have been put against him. And then the other thing you have is the South Korean president saying that he doesn't want certain things there when uh, like our missiles, our missile batteries. And he makes that a political issue, overt political issue. And Seoul, Korea is the biggest, most populated city on the face of the earth with 27 million citizens 30 miles away from the border. Right, that's right. I think, I think that the president of uh, South Korea, who, um, by the way, incidentally, his uh, family was, uh, was fighting in the, in the Korean War, and his uh, family was rescued by the U.S. military. Um, without the U.S. military, he wouldn't uh, be uh, the president of South Korea right now. He was rescued as... We were pulling. Uh, we were pulling south after the Chinese came in, but um, that yeah, this, hmm. that's the problem. The uh, he he has been kind of he was one of the masterminds behind the sunshine policy in South Korea, which is where they tried to make nicey nicey with the North Koreans about 15 years ago, and that exploded in his face. So maybe he still has a couple of vestiges of that left, but hopefully, certainly. Yesterday's events hopefully will be the ultimate reality check, and you know hopefully he'll install more than uh, one Patriot missile battery. He stopped after one because he said he needed some kind of environmental impact statement or something. But I think this is what American people are thinking. I'm getting good now at kind of predicting what they're thinking. I know they're sitting here right now saying, "Okay, a CIA operations officer is sitting here saying that, uh, especially with the missile launch yesterday that surprised everyone." Is our intelligence, uh, the you know, we're the best in the world. Are they not a step ahead of this? Is there no way to figure out what they're doing? No, there is, there is a way. And and so the way the way CIA would work with North Korea is, okay, you're going to have, for one thing, your intelligence on North Korea is going to be entirely imagery, maybe some signals intelligence. It's going to be a lot of spy satellite stuff because one thing you're not going to have in North Korea is a lot of good human assets. And why is that? Mm-hmm. Because the dictator, because uh, Kim Jong-un 
has such a small circle of people around him. He's not, he's not, he's making all the decisions himself or in a very small group of people. And so getting access to them in a place where we don't even have diplomatic relations, is virtually impossible unless you're going to meet them when they go to China or something. And that in itself would be difficult. So even if on occasion, I think like the uh, North Korean ambassador to Great Britain defected like a year or two ago, Okay, great. But the bottom line is he actually cannot provide that much information because he really isn't in the know, even as an ambassador. So your human sources are going to be very, very limited, and you're going to have to rely on your electronics intelligence, specifically using imagery. And that's how we know, for instance, that they were getting ready for um, they were getting ready for a a launch coming up, although we didn't know the date. But the problem is with all kinds of electronic intelligence, it, there's one thing it can never do. It can never give you the intentions of the enemy. I don't think we need it. I don't think we need it in this case. On the border, but you don't know if an invasion is next or not unless you've got a guy inside who can tell you that. Right, and see that—that that is that's what I'm getting at here. Is how long, how many uh, different uh, presidential administrations do we have to go through before somebody says enough is enough? They're going too far, and we have to go and take care of this problem now. I mean, I, listen, if I would have been elected president, I'm not saying any, I'm a Donald Trump supporter, and I don't want anybody to think that I'm coming down on President Trump for this. But, uh, you know, I'm not politically uh, correct in the majority of things I do. That's why I only lasted at CNN for a little bit of time before they uh, stopped using me. (laughs) But I, you know, I would have talked to my Department of Defense and the day I was elected or uh, sworn in while I'm giving my speech up on uh, on Capitol Hill, I would have had the bombs raining down on North Korea. I mean, I just think if you're going to hit them, you got to hit them with surprise and you have to make a commitment. I say this over and over again. I know you know this. If you're going to commit to the fight, if you're going to get in the fight, you have to commit to the fight. And that's the problem with having politicians at the top of the DOD or the CIA or NSA or all these other groups is that they're politically committed. They're not committed to the fight. Right. And some and a war. And if there were such if we decided on some kind of preemptive strike against North Korea, it would have to be literally a lightning war. It would have to be very quick with everything we've got, because not only would you have to cut cut the head off the leadership, but you'd also have to start taking out their missile sites. And now that they have mobile launchers, people have seen those on listeners have seen those on in the parades, those big 18 wheelers that weigh 50 tons. Those things are going to be very hard to find. Our U.S. forces found that in, in 91 during the Gulf War. I was over there. And we spent a lot of our – used a lot of our assets just looking for scud launchers in the desert, which was fewer uh, elements we could bring up against Saddam himself. So this is the same kind of thing. It's a very smart play by um, Jong-un, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really hard to take out mobile launchers. And the longer we wait – the more it's going to make a military campaign even more difficult. So uh, I'm going to keep you on over the break, uh, Scott, and we'll come back. But uh, we're going to go to break here in just a second. Uh, eight, uh, sorry, let me go over the phone number again here real, real fa- uh, fast. It's 800-941-7326. That's 800-941-SEAN. And they can find you on Twitter at the Station Chief. Is that correct? That's right. And I have a weekly podcast at thestationchief.com. We talk about all kinds of Things like this. I have to have you on as a guest. Uh, you definitely will. Okay, we're going to go to break. You can find me on Twitter, Gilliam underscore seal, and on Facebook at Jonathan T. Gilliam. Remember, my show, The Experts, 
is broadcast nightly, 9 p.m. every weeknight, live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. So check that out. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap this up. Scott and I are going to we're going to solve this North Korea problem. We'll be right back. This is Jonathan Gillum filling in for Sean Handy. I'm filling in. Don't freak out. Sean's on vacation. He's got to have a day off every now and then. 800-941-7326. If you don't call in, we're going to send our troops out there to come get you. So you better call in. 800-941-7326. And you can find me on Twitter, jgilliam underscore seal, and on Facebook at Jonathan T. Gilliam. I'll keep saying that over and over until you add me. And uh, also joining me on the phone again is Scott Eulinger. He's a former CIA station chief, station chief and operations officer, and we're talking about the North Korea issue. Your predictions, uh, Scott, from a an operator's standpoint, you know what's effective, but you know politics because the CIA, I don't think most people realize how uh, embroiled uh, uh, operations officers are with this, with politics and what is your prediction? What is going to happen with North Korea? Are we ever going to fix this problem? Well, that's a hard question. The um, I think that it's going to the problem is going to continue to I think limp along for a couple. I mean, we've got to do we've got to do the, the due diligence. We're going to try to work on sanctions again with Russia, China. Now, hopefully, maybe Trump will get some kind of signal this week on on where they're going to go with uh, the UN. You know, because they're having a, a Security Council meeting as we speak. So. I think they're going to try to enact those those things, but we're going to reach the point, and it may take a year, it may take eight months. We're going to reach the point where we perhaps cannot afford to not take action because now there's rumors, now there's reports now that the uh, North Koreans have an electromagnetic pulse weapon, which means you could put a nuke up into the air over California at you know ten miles up and knock out all the electronics between uh, California and um, the Rocky Mountains. So, so that's even could be more devastating to our population than a nuclear blast. So where is the point where you realize you have to hit him before he hits you? And I think, you know, in a year we may have reached that point. And I'm and I may, my timing may be off. It may turn out to be sooner than that. If if they you know if the sanctions don't seem to have any you know purchase, they don't seem to have any bite to them. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this is a very serious problem that, you know, the press in there chasing after imaginary unicorns like Russian collusion and all, they're not concentrating on this. This is something the American people need to understand about what is happening in the world, not all of these this fake news stuff, you know? You know, we're going to have uh, James O'Keefe on at uh, 530 uh, to talk about this CNN stuff, but you make a good point there because the reality is the, the, the media uh, has – they always talk about the Russians. This is CNN and MSNBC. They're talking about how the Russians did this to affect the the the, um, the election or that. But the fact is, the mainstream media has probably caused more people to sway a vote based on lies more than any any other entity in the world. That's certainly true. That's right. And they distract us from issues that Americans really need to understand about what is going on in our world, not what they think is important, which is always involving them for some like now. Right now, they're chasing after a 15 year old for, um, you know, posting um, some unflattering CNN comments. You know, well, the world needs to worry about more serious things than 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 what happened to that poor uh, kid. Scott, I got to go. I got one. I got uh, one minute left, but I just want to ask you this one question. Um 
do you see subversive uh, characteristics in mainstream media in the way, in the way that they collude with the Democratic Party? Oh, there's there's no there's no question about that. You know, I, I lived in the former Soviet Union for 12 years, and so I and I've not only lived there and experienced it and recruited Russians, but I've read all my Russian history. I know how Russian intelligence services act. I know how they try to form opinions. They try to change the narrative in a given country when they're like you know whatever subverting Hungary or Poland but, you but know, if, in the Cold War days. But and if, this is right out of their playbook. But if you, you know, took Russia out of that and put in their MS uh, mainstream media. You get the same thing. Listen, I got to go, brother. Uh, sure thing. You got it. Thank you for being on. Happy uh, belated Independence Day. The call in number 800 941 7326. Jonathan Gillum back in the house, filling in for Sean Hannity as he's out enjoying his life for a change. That guy works more than just about anybody I know. Of course, wherever Sean is, so is his producer and everybody else. Uh, so it's a hard-working radio show. These people work hard to bring you the truth. And uh, as we are going to be taking calls here uh, after 4.30, working to get uh, you a little bit of stage time as well. That call-in number is 800-941-7326, 800-941-SEAN. Now listen, folks, if you are... I said this earlier, and I really mean it now. If you're driving down the road, you do not want to change the channel. If you just pulled into your into your garage or your driveway and you're sitting there, don't do not turn the channel. And if you're at home, get your kids because you're going to want to hear what we're going to talk about now. Uh, joining me is David Horowitz. Uh, I got I've interviewed David a couple of times. He is just uh, an amazing guy. Um, I think probably somebody better than just about anybody else in radio that can speak to subversion and the communist agenda. He's author of The Big Agenda, President Trump's Plan to Save America. And, you know, David, it's always good to hear you speak because you are somebody. I'm big on people who have experience. I'm big on uh, listening to people who have been there and done that, not these talking heads that we see on television that are slinging propaganda like something out of a communist movie. So I'm reading this article that Lauren gave to me about the, the um, German soldiers uh, are told uh, the German military has warned its soldiers not to wear uniforms during the G20 summit in Hamburg out of fears they might get attacked by violent left-wing extremists. That comes from the Daily Caller. So obviously what we're seeing with these leftists in this country is a global problem. And my question to you is when, you know, when you were rolling with the communist in your uh, in that period of time in your life, did you ever see this as something that was going to be a global issue or, or was this more of a focus on the nation at that time? Well, everything left is global. I mean, this is a, it's a missionary movement. They're trying to change the world. Mm hmm. That just changed America. But they see, they hate America because they see America as, as the guardian of the status quo of the world as it, it exists. But every leftist is driven by one powerful emotion, which is hate. Um, just think of the, I, I actually discussed this in my book, Big Agenda. Um, in the second presidential debate, Trump 
turned to the uh, 50 million people in the television audience and said, you have to understand, Hillary has tremendous hatred in her heart. Now, no other Republican would say that because Hillary's a woman, and they they wouldn't accuse a woman of being consumed with hate. But what was he talking about, Trump? He was talking about her remark that his supporters belong in a basket of deplorables Mm -hmm. and irredeemables, the damned. And then she named them racist, sexist, homophobes, Islamophobes, xenophobes. All of those terms are designed to read you out of the human race, uh, uh, unfit even to be uh, talked to, let alone to be president. But every Democrat, every progressive, I won't say every Democrat, but everybody who's on the progressive left thinks that way. If, you, if you're a conservative and have been in an argument with a so-called liberal about policy, health policy, whatever it is, immigration policy, you know you've been called a racist, a sexist, a homophobe, or an Islamophobe. And that's because the left is really, uh, it's a secular religion. It's based on the Christian model that the world is a fallen place. They don't use terms like that, but, you know, corrupt, corrupt oppression. The world is a, it's a world of oppression, and they're going to liberate everybody. Now, and they believe in a redemption, which is social justice or socialism, you know, the which fir- they're going to institute. The first time I so entered— they, them, they see themselves as the party of the saints, mm-hmm. the army of the saints. The, the first time I interviewed you— um, I also watched a uh, a video on Newsmax that was talking about uh, Lenin uh, or about Marx, Lenin, Stalin, and Chachki, and the way that the way that they described um, their vision of communism, the way you're describing it right now. I had never actually, you know, I studied political science, I've read about communism, but I never had seen what you talked about, which is this. It's very similar to the ideology of fundamental Islam in that if they if you're not a believer and they kill you, they're actually doing you a favor. And a, go ahead. It's parallel. Yes. And I wrote, I wrote a whole book on this uh, called Unholy Alliance. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to ask yourself, how is it that leftists can be in bed with, uh, you know, or supportive of uh, Islamists who despise who despise women and, and and kill gays and so forth and it's because they're both redeeming the world they say they are human beings who are going to purify the world and get rid of all of the uh, the unclean and the sinful which is us and I'm not talking just about Marx and Lenin I'm talking about Hillary Clinton and uh, Tom Perez and Keith Ellison and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. These are hate, hate-filled people. Well, see that that's all. Jeff Sessions, one of the most decent human beings in the United States Senate, and if you look at his record, a champion of civil rights, he prosecuted the Ku Klux Klan in a deep South state where he was Attorney General and desegregated the schools, and yet they called him a racist, knowing that he wasn't. How hateful is that? Well, what what I'm seeing, what's so interesting is that this exactly what you just, uh, how you describe them, they actually criticize 
Christians, uh, mainly Christians, um, for wanting to better the world, and uh, and and then they criticize conservatives for their free thinking and uh, their love of the Constitution and our constitutional rights. It is so amazingly um, subversive. It's so it's so um, fake when that when you see it, when you actually get it, which I finally did get it. It is unbelievable how much you see it permeating everything in this country. The qu- the question I have for you, because we could go on all day talking about the family tree of this uh, of this subversion that you, you have the politicians, the big money people, you have the people in the Republican Party establishment, you have the media activists, um, and and so on, ESPN, Hollywood. All in bed together, spreading this and developing these robots uh, like the Antifa and the people in Berkeley and causing problems all over the country. The question I have for you is a similar to a question that I asked uh, Scott Eulinger about North Korea and how we deal with that uh, in the last segment. How do we deal with this? How does the because we can't count on the 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 politicians and the leaders, uh, the managers of this country, to fix it? How do we face this, the American people, and prepare two, ourselves? There are two figures who do it really well. One of them is Donald Trump, <laughs> yeah. and the other is Milo Yiannopoulos, who mm-hmm. just has a book out called Dangerous. And and what, what Milo says is that what you do is. You have, you provoke them, and when they react, you have to go in their face. That that's the basic thing. It, it, Trump looked Hillary in the eye in those debates and said, "You are a liar and a crook." No Republican would ever do that because she's a woman, and they're deferential, and they're in, in the chains of what's called political correctness. But I call the the party line. It's the Communist Party line, but you're not allowed to say that because she's a woman. So she hides behind the fact that she's a woman while proclaiming uh, she's liberating women. She's a strong woman. But how do, how do people defend against that? Because what happens is they get vilified. People get they get vilified you if they stand up against prepared. them. Look, if you're afraid of being vilified, don't, don't even get involved in politics. Because the left has only one weapon. It's character assassination. Mm. They call everybody a racist that disagrees with them. They have no scruple. They have no compunction. Look at what they, I mean, they call Trump, I mean, he's out of his mind. The the Democrats are actually uh, promoting this idea that, that Trump should be removed under the 25th Amendment. The 25th Amendment was an amendment designed for a situation as what happened to John F. Kennedy. Suppose he had been shot in the head. Suppose he had survived but had been incapacitated. That's what the 25th Amendment is for. If you remember what the communists did in the Soviet Union, people who were dissenters, dissidents, people who disagreed with the party, they put in insane asylums. It's the same mentality that Democrats would go that far to try to remove Trump on the grounds that he's incapacitated as though he, he was shot in the head uh, shows they have no principles left. Their hatred has just consumed them. And the only way to fight this is to go right in their face. I mean, I, I, in my book, Big Agenda, I you know give examples. The biggest one 
is that the Democrats are racist. They control every inner city of any size in America. Every killing field, Chicago, Detroit, St. Louis, Ferguson, Baltimore, 100% controlled by the Democratic Party and has been for 50 to 100 years. Every injustice, every racial injustice, if there are such, in the inner cities, Democrats are 100% responsible for. They're the ones who release the criminals and get them out on the streets so that they can kill innocent people, mainly blacks. Listen, I got Republicans are too polite to ever mention this. Yeah, I got to. Well, that's another problem that we don't have time to discuss. But I'll actually talk about that a little bit later, because that's a big problem here. Now, I got 30 seconds for you. And just real quick, what would if you had to tell the American people, the American people or they're on social media, they're on Facebook, Twitter. How do they unite? In other words, the the left is very, very efficient at uniting. Real quick, 30 seconds, how do the people unite? Well, they're never going to march in lockstep like the left. They're too civilized. But the I think the rallying cry has got to always be freedom. The left is a, it's an assault on individual freedom. It wants to treat you according to your race, your gender, uh, your social class. That's the way they, they don't see you as an individual. Um, Obamacare, yeah, it costs too much. Yeah, they lied about it. But the, the biggest evil of Obamacare is it takes away your freedom to control your health care. You have to take the government package. They tell you what to do. Yeah. Listen, I got to go. Thank you very much. I can't thank you enough. I, I really thoroughly enjoy uh, interviewing you, uh, David Horowitz, uh, author of The Big Agenda, President Trump's plan to save America. Go out, get that book. David, I, I just got to tell you, I know you went down that road of communism, but your voice, the American public needs to hear it more, and I thank you for uh, for what you do for the American people now. This is Jonathan Gilliam. You can find me on Twitter, jgilliam underscore seal, and on Facebook at Jonathan T. Gilliam. Don't forget, I have a show called The Experts that I do every night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube, but simulcasts on all of them. I'm sitting there working all kinds of knobs and bells and whistles while I talk. It's crazy. But I would love to have you be a part of it and join in the dialogue. I agree. Uh, we're never going to be like the left where we uh, unify quite the way they do because they're unified under hatred. We have to unify under freedom. Call in number 800 941 That's 800 941 Sean. It's Jonathan T. Gillum filling in for Sean Hannity while he's on vacation. We will be right back. This is Jonathan Gillum filling in for Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity radio show. Man, I'll tell you what, you put on anything that has the fiddle on it, and I'm going to do one of two things. I'm going to start talking. Or I'm going to start dancing. I'm just kidding. I don't know where I'm going with that. But anyway, listen, we're going to come back here in just a minute. And uh, we're going to play a soundbite that you have heard a dozen times on this show, probably, you know, where, where it's all the CNN and all the mainstream media people talking about how bad President Trump is, this and that, and pointing all these things out. What I want to do, though, is I want to go through it piece by piece and kind of discuss uh, the people that are actually saying these things. Because, listen, here's my goal. Uh, now that um, I'm not in official service anymore, I've uh, I've ticked off CNN enough where they, they don't have me on there uh, anymore. I was on under contract with them for a while, and it was the most vile um, part, uh, thing I've ever seen. I mean, it was like being around a bunch of activists every time I went on set there. And uh, so, it, listen, 
Uh, there's no no love loss there. I didn't. I would. I did not want to to stay with them if they weren't. They paid me for a year. They only used me for four months. So uh, while I'm writing books and uh, you know and doing all the things that I've been doing, I was able to build up my show. The experts. Uh, I let them pay me. But uh, anyway, enough about those activists. We're going to come back. I'm going to take your calls. Eight hundred nine four one seven three two six. Get a pin. 800-941-7326, 800-941-SEAN. I'm looking at Twitter, Gilliam underscore seal, and I'm looking at Facebook, Jonathan T. Gilliam. I'm going to come back. I'm going to dissect this soundbite, and then I'm going to take your calls. Look, if you're liberal and you disagree with what I'm saying, the American people need to hear uh, what you think because – Quite frankly, you're wrong, and uh, and I love talking to people when they're wrong. But listen, I'm not a mean guy. I'm not going to go off on you. 800-941-7326. We'll be right back. We know you never want to miss the Sean Hannity Show. And now you never have to. Just sign up for Hannity Headlines, a bite-sized version of the show that you can take with you on your laptop, your mobile phone, everywhere you go, even to your liberal in-laws place in vermont so um yeah and after a few hours of that you'll be glad you brought sean along to sign up today for hannity headlines go to hannity.com so i want to know this is jonathan gillum filling in for sean hannity you can find me on twitter jay gilliam underscore seal and on facebook at jonathan t gilliam i have a show every night called the experts it's on 9 p.m eastern standard time i i do the simulcast on facebook uh, Twitter and YouTube can't get for I can't. They don't want to give a show to somebody on mainstream media that tells the truth. So listen, I'm just utilizing the leftist uh, uh, stages that they've given us to uh, pump it out so everybody can hear. So join in the dialogue. But here's what I want to know: who who's who added the chicken sound into that intro? I like that being from the south. <laughs> I love it. Our sound guy, your sound guy, in that. Yeah, I like that. Listen, I love uh, when Scott Shannon talks, and he talks about the revolution. This is what I always say when I'm on here. We need a revolution. The, the, le- the left needs to be uh, defeated. They need to go away. Uh, I'm not talking about liberal-minded people like Rick Unger, my friend, and I have other friends like that. I'm talking about the leftist. I'm talking about the communist sympathizers. I'm talking about the Islamic fundamentalists that are intertwined with these people in their subversive ways. I'm talking about mainstream media, Hollywood, and all these people that indoctrinate our children from grade school through television. They get into college, and they just turn them into liberal robots. I keep getting – I love when I host this show and I talk about the leftists because I end up getting emails on my uh, my uh, website, jonathantgilliam.com, and uh, they're always the same thing. They, there's a different uh, way that they say it every time. Now it's dumb-dumb. They're calling me dumb-dumb uh, as they, uh, they email me. But let's, here's what I want to do. I'm going to have Ian play uh, – uh, Ethan, sorry, play the uh, – Ian, I don't know. I just called you Ethan. I like call you – I'm going to call you something else here in a minute, Lauren. So let's – I'm going to have Ethan play this uh, soundbite that you hear a lot on here. And, and we're going to pause it and go through it step-by-step step and just talk about the individual's uh, that that are speaking. So let's go and play this. It's a, it is a weird tension. I think we're at a dangerous time for the First Amendment and for the free press in this country. And at the same time, we're oddly influential with a guy who wants to kill us. Okay. okay, that that right there is Rachel Maddow from MSNBC, which 
Rachel Maddow has become, uh, and and I I like Geraldo Rivera. I like Geraldo Rivera. She's become the modern day Geraldo Rivera, where she just goes after empty safes over and over again, trying to get ratings. Uh, it's, it's empty safes of arguments and stuff, and you can tell that the that MSNBC and all these other people are trying to jump on the coattails of CNN in this uh, their failed rush. They owned the airwaves over this Russian. Uh, collusion nonsense for the longest time, getting all these people to believe it. It got discredited now by James O'Keefe. will be on here at 530. And now uh, what what we have is all these other people jumping on bandwagon. That's Rachel Maddow. So let's go to the next person. Who are detractors that insist that this march will never add up to anything? F*** you. F*** you. But this is the hallmark of revolution. Yes. I'm angry. Yes, I am outraged. Yes, I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. So I've thought a lot about um, not blowing stuff up. I did that when I was a seal. I got to blow plenty of stuff up. I I will tell you this. It's fun. Blowing stuff up is fun, especially when it's paid for by the government. It's a, a good time being on the range. Um. What I've thought about a lot is uh, why Madonna, who that was, um, first of all, how she could be a mentor to anybody and people would want to listen to her. I don't talk about people's looks. Um, I don't uh, discuss whether or not somebody is pretty or, or overweight or any of that stuff. People have their own things in life they have to deal with. But she is an ugly person. She's a disgusting person, not somebody that I I would ever invite into my house, which is so crazy about this, folks, that you allow this nonsense into your house via the airwaves uh, for years and years. She has been around for too long. And quite frankly, who cares what she has to say? She's never served anything but herself. I guarantee you she got off that stage after being paid and she went back into her life of whatever she wants, she gets. She's not angry. She gets whatever she wants. Trust me. The only thing she's angry about is she can't stop herself from getting older. And so she's not going to be accepted by the young people. That's why she comes out and tries to act hip. Let's go to the next one. I had a dream the other night about that I was playing golf with Donald Trump, and I was standing beside him with a club in my hand, and I was, you know, considering my options. When I suddenly woke up, you know, it was one of those dreams where you want to just get back to sleep so you can finish it, you know. So so Jim Carrey, um, whose girlfriend commits suicide, largely in part because of him, from what the reports I've heard, is such a narcissist that he can't keep his mouth shut. Here's another guy. He's made his career and life by being what would have been considered 500 years ago a joker in the king's court. And if he didn't make the king laugh, he would have been killed. But now he wants to defend tyranny. He wants to be a part of it. This is how stupid these people are. This guy is no different than a jester, one of those people jumping around with the bells hanging off his head that you see on the deck of cards. That's the one card that you usually just throw away. That's Jim Carrey, somebody who in a second could have been killed just simply because he wasn't funny. And yet that's exactly the same type of leadership that he stands for. That's pretty good. I might have to put Mr. Burgess on Fox News. I'll put, uh, I'll put, I'll put Mr. Burgess up against uh, Sean Hannity. How about we put you in jail 
for breaking the law and going out and representing the country uh, when you're not a representative of the country, which is against the law the last time I checked, getting in the way of our president. I've said this so many times, folks. These politicians are our biggest national security threat, and the policies that they put in, thank goodness, we have a president that came in and had the wherewithal to step out of politics and systematically dissect the monster that Obama had created. I just wish now President Trump would flex a little bit of muscles and start putting these people in jail or investigating them. Tear them up. I need you to go out and talk to your friends and talk to your neighbors. I want you to talk to them whether they're independent or whether they are Republican. I want you to argue with them and get in their face. And- Press always asks me, don't I wish I were debating him? No, I wish you were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. I, 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 what can you say that is going to make that guy look any worse than he does himself? Anyway, go ahead. What we've got to do is fight in Congress, fight in the courts, fight in the streets, fight online, fight at the ballot box. And now there's the momentum to be able to do this. This is. Listen, I just want to get to the point where uh, where your where Lauren's favorite talks. Uh, um, gosh, I, her name just dropped right. In. Maxine Maxine Waters. Let's just get to that, and then we'll go to the callers because we're going to run out of time with the all death the panel bill because people will die. This is deadly. This is deadly. I can't stand him. I am. He's the most horrible man I've ever seen in my life. Your president is a dishonorable, lying man. Ordinary people who simply saw what needed to be done and came together and supported those ideals who have made the difference. They've marched. They've bled. Yes, some of them have died. This is hard. Every good thing is. We have done this before. We can do this again. I don't respect this president. I don't trust this president. He's not working in the best interests of the American people. His motives and his actions are contemptible. And I will fight every day mm-hmm. until he is impeached. Impeach 45. Uh-huh, you know, that's right. Impeach 45. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Listen, I don't know who's worse. Who it, it, The people that are responsible for electing that nonsense... Or the fact, I don't know, listen, she's crazy, but at least somehow she's uh, wound up in an elected office. So who's more crazy? Listen, I'm so glad that Dan called in. Let's go to Dan, uh, who says he's a liberal. Dan, uh, you say... It's absolutely hilarious that you have the audacity uh to run that montage when you have a sitting president who called for violence at his rallies and offered to pay legal fees who can't stay <laughs> off of Twitter and talk about women and blood. When you, you work for, a, a you're just mixing it all in there together. Aren't you? Go ahead. Stories all the time. Are you kidding me? Okay. So here, so here's what I, why I was asking for a liberal to call in for one, I want to show everybody the nonsensical verbiage that you all always go back to. There are literally calls for conservatives to be killed uh, by individuals on the left the day after assassination attempt on a congressman occurred in Washington, D.C. by a liberal so and a, and a supporter of Bernie Sanders, a socialist. So the fact that you call in, Dan, which I'm, you know, I asked you to call in. And you and you go on this same narrative of the big three. I'm surprised you didn't say the thing about uh, what happened on the bus under a hot mic. The fact is, 
all those things have been either discredited or written up as uh, the president is just a normal person and he has a right to defend himself, i.e. Twitter and uh, Joe Scarborough, whose hair looks like the poopy emoji uh, emoji on your phone. But I want you, I'm giving you the stage. I'm going to go back to you now. I want you to tell me how what those people are saying in that soundbite and how the divisive structure of the Democratic Party, the way that they spew hate and threaten people and tell people that they can't have freedom of speech and that their freedoms in the Constitution don't matter, how is that beneficial for the country? That's what I want to know. All right. I'll answer that. Are you ready? I'm waiting. Okay. When you can tell me how Ted Nugent, who threatened the I president, I see. Okay. Okay. See. Here. Here's the thing. Okay. So, I'm going to I'm going to cut you uh, your mic every time you do this. I'm asking you, how is the left and the communist ideology, socialist ideology, globalist ideology, hatred of America, uh, threatening of the president, threatening to blow up the White House? How is that useful for the American way of life? How is that useful for getting anything done and uniting the people? I don't want to hear about Ted Nugent or anybody else that's conservative. I'm asking you, Dan, who called in and said you're a liberal. How is what the left doing bettering the country? How is what the left doing bettering the country? Yeah. We're trying to impeach an illegitimate president (laughs) who... Cannot say that Russia See, you can't, election. Dan, you can't, you cannot tell the American people. You're on a national stage. There's like 17 million people listening to you right now. And you can't formulate an opinion or a, a soundbite to show the American people exactly what the left is doing that is benefiting the country. You just go back to something like impeach an illegitimate president, which he was elected legitimately. I'm going to give you the right doing. What is no, the no. Right doing? <laughs> All right. I'm going to cut the call. I'm going to give. well, let me, before I cut you, I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going to ask you one more time. What is the left doing? I'm not asking what the right is not doing. I'm asking what is the left doing to better the American way of life? What is the communist? What is, what do the socialists, what do the people who consider themselves uh, anti-fascist, what are they doing to better the country? That's what I thought. All right. Have a good day, Dan. I think I think we pretty much solved uh, that issue right there. And so it, it, I'm not telling anybody anything that they don't know. I'm sorry I went a little too long in that monologue. So I will get to some more of your calls here in just a little bit. Just stand. If you're on hold, just stay there, and we'll come back and get to you. But here's what I want you to do, folks. Start having dialogue. If you're liberal and you don't agree with this, you need to start having dialogue. You need to start joining in on the chats on my show, The Experts, every night, 9 p.m., Eastern Standard Time on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You need to start standing up against any type of divisive nature and start being a free thinker. It's Jonathan T. Gilliam. I hope that helped everybody see a little bit of the way these uh, dumb, dumb liberals think. You can call in 800-941-7326, 800-941-7326. And coming up next, I'm actually pretty excited. I don't get excited very often by interviewing people, but... I'm going to be interviewing Pat Buchanan next, and that is pretty cool. 
So let's do that. We'll come back. Uh, I'm gonna. We'll come back for a little uh, segment, and then we'll do uh, interview Pat Buchanan at five uh, o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Jonathan Gilliam. You can find me on Twitter, jgilliam underscore seal, and on Facebook at Jonathan T. Gilliam. I'm going to give out the phone number again, 800-941-7326, 800-941-SEAN. We're going to take another break. We're going to come back with Pat Buchanan. I'm excited about this interview to actually get to talk to Mr. Buchanan. And uh, we're going to continue this discussion about the reality of subversion in this country and the reality of how politicians aren't getting anything done. On the other hand, when we talk to James O'Keefe a little bit later, we're going to talk about how the media plays a huge role in the collusion of, really, the communist movement in this country. I know I keep saying that's blowing people's minds, but it's the truth, folks. The Communist Party is here. Jay Gilliam underscore seal on Twitter. Jonathan T. Gilliam on Facebook. We'll be right back. This is Jonathan Gillum filling in for Sean Hannity. 241 plus one days this country has been around. And uh, I've served this country in the military as a SEAL, uh, as a federal air marshal, flying on 9-11-2002 a year after uh, the Twin Towers and the Pentagon were hit in a plane cr- uh, crash in uh, Pennsylvania, brought down by terrorists that were allowed to flow into this country because of bad policies. Now, when I started, when I got out of the FBI, later on I went in the FBI and I got out of there, I started looking at the reality of what's going on in this country. And I was slapped in the face, even though I studied political science and psychology, I worked in the government, I just did not see the reality of subversion. Because subversion is not something we're taught Uh, It's not something that we study tremendously. And the Russian government, uh, during the Cold War, every officer in the Russian government was taught about subversion and how to do it. We don't even know that. We don't even understand it. And uh, when Lauren told me that uh, my next guest, Pat Buchanan, who I've uh, long since wanted to meet, uh, was going to be on, and I looked at uh, that he had just written an article, um, uh, a column titled, Is America Still a Nation?, And it fit perfectly in what we were talking about today because I'm not sure where we're going in this country. Uh, Pat Buchanan, thank you for joining me, and it's an honor to 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 get to interview you. Um, I've been watching you for years and years, and I've uh, always agreed with what you had to say. And by and quite frankly, you were one of the the uh, first people that the that the communists and the leftists actually really went after hard in in mainstream media and you've been dealing with with this nonsense for a long time a lot longer than people who are hot on twitter now well thank you jonathan and i appreciate it very much and thanks for all you've done for your country and those two fine organizations the u.s military and the federal bureau of investigation you got it I remember as a little kid I used to read, um, I had an uncle up there who rose right up to be right next to Hoover. I knew all those great stories about John Dellinger and Babyface Nelson and all the rest. Well, see, the, the FBI has gone down the same path. Um, like, can you really, should we be asking the question, is it the FBI anymore? Is it the DOJ? Well, you've got a very good point there. 
I mean, the guys that uh, I knew of who were older than me and everything, and they were uncles and uh, older brothers and things, they were normally patriotic, World War II patriotic folks. But what's happened, uh, I think, Jonathan, and I've written about many times, is sort of there's a revolution took place in the 1960s, and it goes by various names, and cultural Marxism is one of the names. Mm -hmm. And it is basically an ideology that, that really teaches that the West is the great menace of mankind, that it was born in injustice and slavery and genocide and evil, and that many of the so-called achievements of the West were the result of its crimes and sins, and we really ought to look down upon it, and we really ought to rid the, uh, we ought to be happy the world is rid of the kind of peoples who created our nation. It's an astonishing thing, but this idea is is being carried through many of the public schools by now because of the teachers and others who grew up in or were trained by the folks in the 1960s when it was basically broke with the uh, standard belief of the country. So I'll ask you the same question I've been asking you know, I asked David Horowitz earlier and Scott Eulinger, who's a former CIA station chief. You know, you've been around in, in uh, the White House. Um, is there any hope... Uh, in politics, and is there any hope that the American free thinkers, the patriots, can unite? Because the left are they're experts at uniting because they have this this thin ideology that they stick to like fly tape. What what is there any hope? Well, it, it, we have a very serious situation because you know let me let's take a look at the politics of the time. When I was with President Nixon and Spiro T. Agnew in, in the 1960s, I was a Goldwater man. After our defeat in 1964 and the rise of, if you will, this counterculture, we used it as a, as a foil and ran against it and campaigned against it and spoke against it. And Nixon and Agnew won 49 states. And then Reagan won 44 states. And then Reagan won 49 states. George H.W. Bush won 40 states. And we use that adversary culture that really hostile to the fundamental beliefs of most Americans when we were growing up. And we won elections. But they're now much, much closer. I mean, the Democrats still have a very strong base going into any presidential election. California, which used to be Republican, is gone. Basically, you might say gone over to the revolution. So I think, is there hope? Sure there is. But the, the trend has not been good. Now, you know, I know that uh, you're conservative. I'm a conservative. And uh, you've long since, uh, I can remember, been one of the most powerful conservative voices out there. People don't come at you in, unless they're uh, ready for a fight. They know that you're going to bring it. But there's been a change in the Republican Party. I truly believe when we look at the Democratic Party, we see communist subversive uh, uh, operators inside the Democratic Party. I mean, by and large, the majority of the Democratic Party. And you actually see something going on in the GOP establishment that is, I don't want to say mimicking, but in a lot of ways seems as though they're colluding because they they don't stand up and they don't come out with policies that go against uh, the Democratic Party. They could crush them now. They have a, a, every house and yet they do nothing. Well, I think, then, again, you're, you're on the money here. The Republican Party, it is, they're in Washington, D.C. When they're out home speaking to the folks in the, 
in the provinces, if you will, and they're running in their congressional districts. They get reinforcement from patriotic folks and traditionalists and Christians and all these other groups that are traditional American, and they get that reinforcement, and then they get to D.C., and where they're really dropped into this pool where all the media is hostile and pushing them in another direction and saying, in effect, that your views, if you inspect them, are really racist and sexist and and, uh, Islamophobic and homophobic and all of these things against modernity. And the moral pressure is very great in this capital city, and there's a tendency on the part of Republicans, a lot of Republicans, who are not really deep in their beliefs, to say, well, you know, this is just the way it's going. We've got to accommodate to a degree. Let's try to hold the line here, and let's retreat to a new line there. It's been, look, that Jonathan, that's been going on for a long, long, long time. Well, and here's another thing that I, that you can probably speak to better than just about anybody, which is we now see with uh, CNN, for instance, uh, they accuse Russia of uh, of colluding to. Um, it seems like collusion is the word of the year, but they they talk about Russia trying to subvert uh, our election process. CNN and MSNBC is probably nobody, uh, no entity has affected our um, and and subverted our election process greater than these liars. But this is nothing new. Am I correct? You've been you've uh, dealt with the press for many, many years. The press has always been liberal. Well, you know, uh, I worked for both uh, (laughs) CNN. I was one of the starters on CNN a long time ago in the 1980s and with MSNBC about four or five years ago. But let me tell you, there's this. This has been true in my, you know, and let me mention my new book, uh, Nixon's White House Wars. Uh, I describe in there how Nixon was confronted with the media after he made his speech, great silent majority speech, and all three networks, which were the primary sources of information for a majority of Americans, trashed it. And I wrote a speech, and Nixon edited it, and we gave it to Vice President Agnew, who worked on it as well. And he took off after the national networks and then after the Post and the New York Times in major televised national addresses that really ignited the battle against the major media. And they defeated them that year and in, in 1972. And then, of course, Nixon fell because of his Watergate failings and what was done to him. But this battle's been going on a long time in the media, the academic community, even really some of the church communities, uh, all the intellectual uh, uh, parts of American society have been really, if you will, sort of infiltrated with these ideas and this ideology and these beliefs, and they reflect it, and these get reflected down the road in the political realm. And this is why the country socially, culturally, morally has been moving dramatically to the left. You know, Jonathan, when I gave, I don't know how old you were when I gave that culture war speech mm-hmm. down at the Republican convention in, uh, in Houston in 1992, uh, saying that we're in a cultural war, which is at root a religious war. And Irving Crystal, who was a neoconservative, said, yeah, that's correct, but I regret to inform Pat Buchanan the war is over. We lost. And this is the point you're making. Did we lose, and can we come back? Mm-hmm. And I've always sort of believed that, you know, the struggle is worth it, whether no matter how the battle ends. You know, I was uh, 23 at that point, and I was in college. And in, in 95, my senior year of college, I got to go 
and to Washington, D.C. Uh, I was at the University of Arkansas at Little Rock, and we spent a day in the RNC, a day in the DNC, which I don't know how who was able to uh, to get that organized. But it, and then we worked for a week answering telephones uh, in the Clinton White House. And I was able to uh, be uh, in there when um, Newt Gingrich was doing the contract for America. And I got to see uh, the debate on that. It was a fascinating time. But at the end of that week, um, I, I was actually depressed because I did not see, and this is 95, I did not see for the people, by the people. I saw two uh, entities, the RNC and the DNC, that were over, and this is in 95, before I'd done any of this stuff, gotten any real experience in life. I saw two entities that were not uh, putting the people and what's important for the people first. But I didn't know until just recently how deeply embedded communism is in the Democratic Party. And for some reason, people just can't seem to believe that. Well, you know, um, it's what I, we call it is the, the famously the, the communist system put together by Trotsky and Stalin and Lenin and uh, their successors in Brezhnev and these other people we dealt with back in the Cold War. That system collapsed. Political communism, if you will, collapsed. However, there is a cultural Marxism that that had a school that was founded, which basically argued that that political Marxism, Leninism might fail, but cultural Marxism, if you capture the culture, if you capture in a long march through the institutions, the institutions, and turn them into something different, if you can turn the churches away from what they were into backing something we support, this is a far easier and more enduring victory than, than even winning over by military force and overrunning countries where everybody detests you. So it's a game of, it's not a game, but it's a war of conversions. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's how the, when one reason why the Roman Empire went under and the West was created was, you know, the Christians won the culture war. Right. Listen, uh, Mr. Buchanan, I, I, I call you Mr. Buchanan, uh, Pat Buchanan, if everybody else will know him. Author of Nixon's White House Wars, The Battle That Made and Broke a President and Divided America Forever. I could go on and on. We could talk for hours. Uh, and, and But i got to tell you, it was an honor to talk to you. There's so much more uh, that I want to ask you. But people can check out your, uh, your column, Is America Still a Nation? And thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Jonathan. Have a great day. You too. This is Jonathan T. Gilliam. You can find me on Twitter, jgilliam underscore seal, and on Facebook at Jonathan T. Gilliam. Let me know what you think. The call-in number is 800-941-7326. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. I'll say a few words. And here in just a few minutes, James O'Keefe coming up. Hannity Headline, a bite-sized version of the show that you can take with you anywhere you go. To sign up today for Hannity Headlines, go to Hannity.com. This is Jonathan Gillum. Listen, I like I, transparency is important to me. And I, so I'm sitting here listening to this music, checking out the, the whatever the latest headline is on my phone, and I'm thinking, man, this is good music. E- Ethan's looking at me. Uh, yeah, the mic is on. You can start talking now. Okay, so anyway, maybe transparency is not such a good thing. I'm sitting here watching the news after talking to Pat Buchanan, David Horowitz, and Scott Eulinger. Three incredible Americans, all from different ways of life and different backgrounds. They come to the same conclusion 
with all this, I mean, you couldn't get three different lives meeting at the same uh, point as these three guests that we've had today. I look up and I see Congressman Schiff uh, from California, Democrat, on CNN. It's like the same cast of characters there on every day. And I don't really have a whole lot of time to get into this, but I just want to point out to everybody. You have a smartphone. Don't let it make you dumber. Use it. When you see these people on television talking, look at their backgrounds. Compare them to the three people that have had on today talking about specifically what they know. Jim Scudo, the guy who goes in and tries to bully uh, every White House press secretary that's worked for Trump, he goes in there, he tries to bully and down talk them. Jim Scudo is nothing. He is a college graduate. That's it. And then he's went around collecting what everybody tells him and regurgitating it. And because he's on television, this is a big mistake with people I see that uh, get into media. He thinks he knows everything. It's the same thing with congressmen. I'm amazed at some of these people that get elected and reelected. When you look at their backgrounds, you look at the reality of who they are. They're nobody. They have no experience. They've done nothing, been nowhere, grew up either with a silver spoon in their mouth or just grew up doing nothing like Bernie Sanders. But yet they get elected, they get put on TV, and the American people buy what they say. This is CNN. Apparently, the president gets two scoops. You know, everyone else around the table gets one. Uh, and no word if there were sprinkles. At the dessert course, he gets two scoops of vanilla ice cream with his chocolate cream pie instead of the single scoop for everyone else. I would be remiss if I did not ask you both about the <laughs> hand swat seen around the world. It wasn't even a complete sentence tweeted out by President Trump just after midnight. Despite the constant negative press, what's that word? Kofifi. Huh? Kofifi. Kofifi. Professionals could only guess at how to pronounce it. We're pretty sure the president meant to type negative press coverage, but the Kofefe tweet stayed up for almost six hours. Uh, a case of chivalry? Or a phobia, a theory about why President Trump grabbed the British Prime Minister's hand, now getting the thumbs down. CNN's Jeannie Mose explains all this. Whether it be not shaking the German Chancellor's hand or clutching the hand of Britain's Prime Minister, President Trump's hands seem to end up in headlines. For instance, the BBC headline, Donald Trump is scared of stairs? Scare case, chortled one British paper back when President Trump took Prime Minister May's hand as they navigated a ramp at the White House. Bacmophobia, a fear of ramps and stairs. Really watching a step coming down the stairs of the Capitol, even while climbing just a couple of steps at the White House. Coming off his plane, eyes on his feet, clutching the railing. When asked if the president has fear of stairs, a White House spokesperson said, no offense, but this is an absurd question. The growing Russia investigation seems to be taking a toll on President Trump, according to sources who speak with him. And in a general way, they say being president is not agreeing with the president. He's gained weight, uh, according to these sources. He doesn't trust uh, people around him. He's withdrawing. Not a good picture. It's the one being painted by those sources. For the first time in four years, 
the Scripps National Spelling Bee has a solo champion. 12-year-old Ananya Vinay wins the championship trophy and a $40,000 first prize. And Ananya Vinay joins us now. Congratulations. So, Ananya, we have a challenge for you. We'd like you to spell a word. It has recently become popular. Not sure if you're familiar with it or if you know the definition. Do you know the word kofefe? Kofefe. Definition, please. Ah, the definition is um, a nonsense word made up by the 45th president of the United States in a late night tweet. <laughs> language of origin. A language of origin. Gibberish. Gibberish. This is CNN. And this is Jonathan T. Gilliam, and I'm filling in for Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity Radio Show. And, uh, man, it's hard to make it through some of these montages. That one was extremely excruciating, but it shows you a good mix of the nonsensical reporting uh, that uh, CNN does on these little special hits that they do sometimes and how they really do... uh, intertwine the lies and the narratives that they try to push um, and by demeaning the president and then making people think, well, he's dumb, he's paranoid, he's gaining weight because he doesn't want to be president. And then they slowly uh, integrate that with the Russian collusion lie. And what you see really, I mean, it's absolutely a masterful performance, uh, I think, designed by people who have long since been communist operatives and have been trained to do this stuff. And, you know, I thought, who better to talk about this uh, than uh, James O'Keefe, founder of Project Veritas. Uh, You may have seen him in all the videos that he's done with uh, Planned Parenthood, showing the reality of what they're doing, and now with CNN. I mean, James, you've gone after CNN in a way that uh, I'm sure a lot of conservatives like myself who have been contributors there wish somebody would do. I'm just amazed at what how these people just spurt things out. You guys do an amazing job uh, with your sources. Well, thank you for, for that. And, and by the way, they don't blurt things out right away. We have to build relationships with these folks over the course of many weeks and if not many months. But yes, uh, and in today's video, this, this Chris Cuomo producer was caught. This is part four of our American Prophet series. He's talking about how none of the people at CNN's program New Day like their host, Chris Cuomo. He says, quote, just can't stand Chris Cuomo when he talks. We're like, shut up, unquote. So it's, it's, it's pretty Shakespearean because he's doubling down on his comment uh, that the voters are stupid, and he kind of talks about what they really think. About each other. I mean, you do realize that that the play where they're uh, murdering the uh, president, um, they say it's a Shakespearean uh, play, but the reality is uh, these liberals just want to show up and see Trump be murdered on stage. You do realize that you are in real life doing the same thing to CNN. You are literally uh, dethroning them. I hope. You know what the best part about it is, is that we're. We're not doing that through characterizations or opinion. What they do is that they characterize. They, right. they, they call what I do propaganda. What, to call what I do propaganda is a contamination. It is a deceit. We expose them in their own words. We're just unraveling them by exposing who they really are. I mean, it's their words, not mine. I'm not the one characterizing them. They're the ones when, with John Bonifield saying that we, all, we do this for ratings. The Russia stuff is BS. To put it mildly, he uses the actual curse word. They're the ones who actually are saying these things, not me. 
So it's, it's, it is Shakespearean, but I'm not killing them. I'm exposing the truth about them. And now the American people are seeing it and we're changing the public perceptions about how people perceive their media. And it's a good thing. I think in from the conflict divisions is the citizen media who believe we need the re-information, the real information, and the establishment press, which is to suppress information and feed us these narratives. Yeah, and I was talking about Jim Scudo, Scudo earlier, and many of these people that uh, are not just at CNN, they're in the media all over the place. They graduated college. That's all they did. They have no real experience in understanding the reality of what's going on in this country, who they're actually lying for a lot of the times, and people take what they say for pure gospel. Here's the problem, though, where they always talk about how the Russians have influenced this or done this. The reality is mainstream media has probably influenced not just elections, but uh, the footing in which the American people, the, the divisiveness, uh, they, they're like the spear that politicians and activists use to divide people by putting on, you know, when I was on CNN, it was never national security. They always wanted to use me to uh, analyze or debate somebody when a white cop shoots a, a, a black individual in the inner, in the inner city. And what I've seen is, and I know you've seen this, is that, we're starting to see real ramifications of the way people in in the public treat each other. I had a, I have a friend that's uh, on Facebook. Uh, her name is Lisa Wasserman, and she she wrote a response to a photographer who felt that it was okay to put on Facebook um, a picture of an overweight mom at the beach with her four kids and belittle the woman because of her weight. And you know, Lisa did the right thing. She went back at the person before she defriended him. And pretty much completely slammed them, saying that there was nothing uh, more beautiful than a, a mom making sure that her four kids have something to do, like go to the beach and are taken care of. And so I just can't, I can't I can't but not equate this nasty behavior that the American public has directly to the divisive rhetoric and lies that are coming out of mainstream media. I think the and I, and I think that's true. I think the paradigm is being inverted. I mean. They're, they're basically in a political campaign. CNN is a political campaign, and we, we kind of live in a post-fact world where people can't really agree on things. But um, I think that the truth is is that we, the citizens, are the news. And they've been trying to brand us as, as these right-wing extremists or mm-hmm. political people. We're just, we're just truth-tellers, and yeah. they're the political marketing industry. They're, they're the ones who are trying to, um, you know, and we're proving the reverse. So it, it, it's it's amazing what you can do when you just show people in their own words. And I think we're reaching a tipping point now where um, I think we're reaching a tipping point where people are starting to wake up. And uh, it just, it's been an unbelievable week with the four videos that we've done. Now CNN's trying to blackmail people with, this, with today, with the scandal involving the, the CNN reporter saying that uh, we'll, we'll reveal your real name unless you do this or that. Now that's a crime. So I think people... People waking up. Yeah, it is the crime in New York State for sure. So, so, what is it like? Because um, I know I do a show every night, and you're by the way, you're more than welcome anytime to come on my show. It's called The Experts. I do it. I simulcast it every night, weeknight at nine p.m. on uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and YouTube. But exactly one thing that you just said there a second ago is that. They own the, the the leftists own the airwaves, just like they own the educational sector. But they own the airwaves, they own Twitter, they own Facebook, and they will not hesitate 
to uh, censor people that not that have said something hateful, but something that they don't like or they know is too cutting to their ideology. How have you handled that? But, geez, I need an hour to, to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it, it goes back to the sort of, I guess, Marxist notion that we can't allow conversation or information that leads people to a conclusion that we don't like. Mm-hmm. So everything stems from the need to advance the specific agenda. And the thing about America, you know, our, our republic, American democracy, is we want e pluribus unum. We want we want multiple ideas, and and may the best conclusion win, and that's not what these people believe. So there's this, there's this conflict, this philosophical conflict, and how have I handled it? Is to is to go behind the scenes into the shadows and reveal the real motivations of these people. Mm-hmm. If you look at the real motivations of CNN, as we exposed in John Bonifield's video, the first video one, is to make money, is to advance whatever narrative is necessary in order to make us ratings and money. And it's all BS, they say. So the way to deal with it is to expose people's real motivations, is that the establishment doesn't care about their own ideas. They, they have ulterior motives. Mm-hmm. And if we put those motives on and air it in front of the American people, people will rise up, and the vast majority of people will, 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 will rise up, and, they, and they'll stop trusting these people. That's how we deal with it. Listen, I, I've asked this question several times today, and you were actually the first one that actually gave a real answer of how we uh, we combat this stuff. So that's that's good, and I think the American people, because of social media, can fall right in line and step with what you're doing. Um, but listen, I got to take a break. It's always good uh, to hear you and see what you're doing, and um, keep doing the great work because you're you're doing an amazing job. Thank you very much. You got it, buddy. We'll talk soon. This is Jonathan T. Gilliam. And uh, listen, folks, that's exactly what we should be doing there is don't just sit on the sidelines. Even if Twitter is your thing and you're actively in there in the dialogue, do that. Do that. Get in there. Start making a difference by uh, making a statement. And if you want to reach out and thank uh, Lisa Wasserman, who I talked about just a second ago, I thought it was profound the, what she put down there, she's also a mom. You can reach her at, at aqua for lease L-I-S-E, Aqua, the number four, L-I-S-E on Twitter, and let her know. See, that's what I believe. If you stand up for somebody who's being wronged, if you stand up against uh, this um, narrative that's being pushed out by the left, I'll stand with you. You can find me on Twitter, Gilliam underscore seal, and on Facebook at Jonathan T. Gilliam. Let's take a break. We'll come back. I'll have some closing statements. You don't want to miss this. We'll be right back. I got the call to leave today. My team and I are going away. Where to, how long, well that's a need to know You can bet on us, cause we're good to go I'm a patriot, I bleed red, white and blue I'm a patriot, American through and through That is my buddy, Christopher McKinley. You can find that song, The Patriot, on uh, iTunes. 
And, uh, man, I just thought it'd be good to start out with that song because we don't talk enough. Listen, yesterday was Independence Day, but today is Independence Day plus one. You don't stop talking about people who pay the ultimate sacrifice. Listen, even Jesus said that the ultimate gift in life is to lay your life down for your friend. And yesterday, unfortunately, um, we had uh, an NYPD officer, Officer Familia, who was, uh, it's funny because they say this in the press, she died. She was murdered. She was murdered while on duty, in uniform, deploying. Listen, officers, police officers deploy every day. They put the gun, they strap the the gun on, they put the badge on, and they deploy into communities that a lot of times just don't even want them there unless things are going to hell in a handbasket. And then they're mad because they weren't there fast enough. And Officer Familia, God bless you. And God bless all the officers and military out there. This is Jonathan T. Gilliam. You can find me on Twitter, jgilliam underscore seal, and on Facebook at Jonathan T. Gilliam. Remember, when you hear me, the truth has arrived. So check out my show, The Experts, on Facebook Live, Twitter, and YouTube every night, 9 p.m., and let me know what you think. I'll see you next time. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man, who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie, and uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.